Amen. We're going to jump back in uh, where we were last Tuesday night. If you were with us over the weekend, you, you'll you'll probably hear some things you did over the weekend. But um, I want us to hear by the Spirit of God, the rhema of God. I want us to hear that. What is the rhema? of God? That's a, that's a question. What is the rhema of God? And I want you to notice that in, in particular there in the book of Romans, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the rhema of God, not just any rhema, but the rhema of God. And that, that little statement right there jumped out at me, rhema of God. So, so that word rhema means something said, and it's according to, to a specific subject, okay? So rhema is not just any words. It's according to a specific subject. The rhema of God is anyway. So God has something to say. He had something to say, and he has something to say to you and I. And it's real important that we hear what God says. Okay? What God says. So faith comes out of the word by hearing is the word E-K. Ek, which means out of, faith comes out of hearing the word of God. That's what faith comes out of, hearing the word of God. And then when we get our definition of faith, back in our mind, faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or sub so substance the substance of what was hoped for the evidence i believe in our heart of that not seen So when I look at this in regard to Scripture, and I've used this now three or four times, but I'm going to use it maybe five or six times. Thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. The substance of that is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, that's not real. And that's... 
And that was how it was in the prophets. The prophets, for example, read that. I believe in the book of Jeremiah, thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. But there was a remembrance made every year of sins. There was a remembrance continuously made of sin at the temple. So, so that was not realized at that point, even though even though it said that at that point it was not realized. And that's the and that's the issue here. It's not realized, but in the person of Jesus Christ. That is how it is realized. And this is this is a really important to get a hold of. We read the Bible sometimes. And we don't realize the Bible in the person of Jesus Christ. We read it kind of like, well, this is God's word. That's true. But it has its substance in Christ. So if Christ never came, we would still be under the law. We would still be without hope if we were or we would be gentiles without god we would not be in a new creation now in the book of isaiah chapter let's see here 43 God says in verse 19, it's written in verse 19, he says by the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make it way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I, I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. Now, I read this scripture. I will do a new thing. And, and there's preachers that preach that, that's waiting on the new thing. They're waiting on God to do a new thing. Someday God's going to do a new thing. The new thing that he was doing was realized in the person of Jesus Christ. So, so in Isaiah, he was declaring a new thing was coming in the earth. And in Christ, it's fulfilled. See, that's the substance of what was declared. That was the promise spoken, but Jesus Christ fulfilled the new thing, and faith comes out of that, because we realize that by faith. We, we walk in that by faith. We believe that by faith, and see, God was faithful to everything he promised, 
God himself was faithful to his own promises to bring them forth in the person of Jesus Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, so God is declaring this new thing he did in Christ in our hearts. He's declaring it in our hearts through Christ being revealed. So when Christ is revealed, we see the new covenant. We see the new man, the new creation, the new understanding, the heavenly, not the earthly. All of this is realized in the person of Jesus Christ. And see, see, Rama of God is Christ declared. Okay. Now, if you or I speak out of Rama of God, we're speaking out of what God has declared. See, I see, I don't know that I ever caught that, as simple as that is, the rhema of God. What God says. Okay? Now, that brings a whole different picture to it. What God says now, now do we ever speak rhema? Sure. When we're speaking out of what God has declared, in Jesus Christ, then yes, I believe we're speaking rhema because that's what God has declared. And we realize what God has declared through him being revealed in us. Well, the rhema of God, Christ himself, came upon the earth in old covenant Israel. He came under, a, under the law, made of a woman, made in the likeness of man. You know, I'm kind of combining the book of Philippians and Galatians together here. But he did. He came as the fulfillment of everything God had declared. And I, and I said this last week, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I believe that was rhema of God declared in Israel. Because up to the point that he said that, the Israelites or the Jewish nation looked at the way, the truth, and the life as what? The old covenant law, prophets, temple? Was it not their way, truth, and life that they went to the temple? That the high priest offered the offerings? Offerings that can never make the conscious perfect. But to the Jewish nation, that was everything. Everything centered around that. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that was words that shook a nation. 
And many of them wanted to kill him because why? Because as he declared himself as the way, the truth, and the life, he was taking in their mind away everything they had lived for in the you know in the natural. Now, did they all want to do that? No, because the apostles, the disciples, were followers of Christ. So you could say, in a natural way, they heard him. Isn't this the one that the prophets declared? You know, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. Isn't he, isn't he the one the prophets declared? Sure he was. But he began to declare himself. I am the bread that cometh down from heaven. See, Rama began to come. A declaration of who he is. Okay? Who he is. Now, who he is, John says, John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So, so let's digest that. The Word Logos, the word logos is the word here, was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, my understanding of this, the same, I tried to figure that out for a long time. And one day I just like, oh, wow, I believe this is what this means. I believe the Lord showed me. The same divine intention of God was in the beginning. God never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the beginning was the word. And in that word logos is the mind, the thought, the purpose, and the divine expression. That's all contained, if you look that up, if you if you take a few dictionaries and look at logos, it'll tell you in, in I believe it's in what uh, in even in the strongs, it tells you it deals with the divine expression of God. So everything God made, he made toward the divine expression. Everything he said. When he said, let there be light, ultimately, the light was going to come up on the earth and say, I am the light. I'm going to declare to you the light by showing myself to you, because I am the light. And he comes and he shows himself. 
he come in the natural and showed himself to Israel. He comes in us. And he's shown in our heart to be the fulfillment of God speaking. Yes. Fulfillment of all things. Come in a person. Person of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of all things. Everything God thought, everything God said, everything God did was in view of the person of Christ. You know, in in these lessons we've been in in the last, I don't know how long we've been doing this, a year, year and a half, two years, we, we've, we've looked at a lot of this. But I'm the door. If any man enter in, he shall go in and out and find pasture. I'm the door. See, you thought that door in Egypt or outside of Egypt was the door. No, I'm the door. You thought that door in the tabernacle was the door. No, I'm the door. <laughs> okay? And they entered in. I said this before to you all. I believe they entered that door in Goshen with blood on it. So they entered into his death and they ate the lamb that had died. So they entered in and I saw that one day and I said, wow, that's a tomb. They entered into the death of the lamb, the blood on the door, doorpost, Entered in there like they took the lamb in and ate it, partook of it. And they couldn't come out to the light of the new day come. What was that saying? It was speaking of Christ. He's the light of the new day. He's how old things are put away. See, old things are put away. He's how the death takes place. And all that happens. And Israel comes out in the light of a new day. They'd never been that way before. Jesus says, well, I'm the real door. I am it. I'm the door. You enter into me, you're going to come into death. You're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I'm going to bury you in my burial, and you're going to come forth in my life. That's the, that's the going in and coming out. You come into him in his death, and you come out in his life. You do not go out of Christ. You originate out of his life. You're born again of him, birthed in him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And that rhema word of God begins to be declared in you by the Spirit of God. And you see these things fulfilled in Christ and made evident by the Spirit of God in your soul. For example, 
Let's turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms uh, 32, verse 1 and 2. Okay. Blessed is he whose transgress transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose, whose iniquity the Lord does not count against him, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Okay, now Isaiah 53, 10 through 12. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So blessed is he whose transgressions forgiven, Psalm 32. And then God was pleased to bruise him and make his soul an offering for sin. So, so where are your transgressions forgiven? Where are your sins covered? Where does God not count iniquity against you, just like the psalmist says? Where does he not impute sin? Where's, where, where does that become real at? Well, you could say in the new covenant, yeah. But where does the new covenant become real? In the person of Jesus Christ. In the word of God. This is where this becomes real. See, if the person hadn't come that this word spoke of, then none of that would be real. The substance had to appear. And the substance of it was a person. So the fulfillment of it had to come. And now God is declaring by his spirit that fulfillment in our heart. That's what he's doing. He's declaring to you and I by the spirit of the living God through the revelation of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the promises to make them evident in you and I. To make it a living word. You know, we talk about the Bible being a living word. What makes it a living word is the person it speaks of. That's, that's how it's alive. Because all at once we see the fulfillment of it. And the fulfillment is Christ. Thy sins and iniquities. Here it is. Was laid upon him. That's why your sins and iniquities are remembered no more. They're laid upon him. And the pleasure of the Lord prospers in his hands. What's the pleasure of the Lord? We're in the beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God's well pleased here. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And this is where we're at in the pleasure of the Lord, where he's real pleased. 
And this is realized in you and I as Christ is revealed. And it's so important to understand that. Why it's so important is because we read these words and we believe them. Okay, and we should. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking by little experience here. I read this of righteousness or justification. <laughs> and I went for years not feeling real righteous, not feeling real justified, but I read it. I confessed it. But somehow it still didn't resonate. And then I realized, God, you're really talking about the person of Christ, aren't you? And that began to work in my heart. And I began to see, yes, Lord, you have made us righteous because you put us in your beloved son. You put us in your divine expression. What you had desired from the beginning in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you have put us into it. And now what the Spirit of God is doing in this administration of God that we're in is he's showing us his son. He's revealing his word in you. That that word would be alive in you. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you hear that? I live by the faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the rhema of God. So I live by the faith that comes by hearing the rhema of God. It brings me to a state of living in Christ. Not living to myself. And that's what Paul said to the Corinthians. We don't live unto ourselves. But we live by him, we live in him. He lives in us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's why the rhema of God is so important, because we begin to hear, and they that hear his voice. Jesus said, when he come upon the earth, what did he say? They that hear my voice shall do what? Shall live. How are they going to live? By him. The trump of God, the voice of God, the rhema of God sounding and declaring the divine thought and purpose and intent of God, the logos. That's what the rhema is declaring, God's thought, purpose, and intention in fulfillment, not in types and shadows anymore. See, the 
the tabernacle and the temple was the type and shadow of it. It was declaring a house filled with the glory of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's what you find there. A house filled with the glory of God. We are now dwelling in the house of God's glory. My Lord, what a knowing of God is before us. What a realizing of the Lord we have. Yes, this is exciting, folks. Galatians 3. Turn with me to Galatians 3. says, verse 20. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Look, at here's the promises. Is the law against the promises of God? By sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Was the law against it? No, God forbid. The law wasn't against it. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture have concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster, for you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. I, this word faith could, can, it means both faith and faithfulness. You, you could even say this, for you're all children of God by the faithfulness, or you're all the sons of God by the, by the faithfulness of God in Christ. See, God was faithful. What I'm trying to say here, the faithfulness of God to his promises is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. So God was faithful to everything he said in the old covenant. He was faithful to it. And his faithfulness, his, his conclusion of it, of his faithfulness, came in Christ. Came in Christ. So here in Christ comes the reality of thy sins and iniquities while I remember no more. And the reality comes of a new heaven and a new earth, of a new creation, wherein is righteousness in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where it comes. And God was faithful to it. See, God never strayed away from it. 
So he never straight away to the seed came to whom the promises were made. And that seed, Paul says, is Christ. And then the beautiful picture here is you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises that find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So when I go look at faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or hearing out of the word of God. Now, as I got into this study and I began to look at faith is the substance of the things hoped for, I had a whole different view of faith because I began to look at even some of the things Jesus said, I was considering that earlier when he come into the midst and told the one person, I can't remember where it's at in the Gospels, but he said, thy sins are forgiven. And they questioned it. He said, what is, I'm paraphrasing it, but what is easier, say thy sins forgiven or take up thy bed and walk? I believe is what he said, but to show that the Son of Man has the power to remit sins, to show that the scripture of the remitting of sins is fulfilled in Christ, take up your bed and walk. So now the evidence of it was clearly seen. <laughs> they were wondering in, ama in amazement, the evidence of of God's faithfulness, the evidence of God's faith toward his promise that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ was clearly seen there with the natural eye. The beauty with you and I is it's being revealed in the soul that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that the conscience can become aware of the work of God in Christ and not just become aware of it, can know it because by the power of God, we're joined to it. That's, that's the power of this gospel. We're joined to it. That's how it's powerful to you and I. Do we not understand that? We, we look at power sometimes. As, as just, you, you know, the power of God in the parting of the Red Sea, and that was, that was the power of God. Yes, yes, but the power of God to join us to Jesus Christ. Wow. That's the power working in us that Paul spoke of, the exceeding greatness of his power in us who believe. Exceeding greatness, exceeding all these things. You know, when you read exceeding greatness, exceeding even these great things that God himself had done in the old covenant, the exceeding greatness of it is he's joined us to the Lord 
and made us his very own body, that his very own life and work that he's done would come forth in you and I, would be declared in us by the Spirit of God that you and I would know it. And when I say know it, I'm talking about in a very, very living way. Not just, well, I, I know this. But in a very living way, we would know it because we know him. Hallelujah. Now, that's what I see in the faith of the Son of God, folks. That's what I see in the rhema of God. That's what I see in the voice declaring that of God. That the example I used, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All right, we, we see that, but we see that when Jesus come, the way, the truth, and the life. But we're knowing it. We're knowing it. We're knowing he's the way. We're knowing the way of the cross. We're knowing the truth of the revealed word. We're knowing the life of Jesus Christ by the spirit of the living God. So, so now it's not even just what Jesus said there when he walked the earth. It's now the knowing of that in us. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. So, so we come and without question see the way and can point the way and speak of the way, the highway of holiness. So we can declare the way in him. Yes, we can declare the truth. The truth that is in Jesus, the putting off of the old man and the new man coming forth. And we can declare the life. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me in the life I live in the flesh. I live by the faith that comes out of the rhema of God, out of the declaration of Jesus Christ in my heart by the Holy Spirit. That's how I live. Glory to God. There's a song we sing. I'm going to end with this. I told Anita the other day I wanted her to sing it. Living in union. Walking by the Spirit. Bringing forth the man-child. From the heart of God. That's what I'm talking about in the Logos. That from the heart of God who is Christ, living, and you and I, in union with you and I. Well, we'll stop right here, and I'll call on Brother Dale.